2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
1: Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots now. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI.
3: Hour number three of the Six Rings postgame show here on Boston Sports Original, 93.7 FM, WEI, WEI.com, the Odyssey app, and of course our fabulous affiliates heard throughout the six New England states as well. Uh, it has been a dynamic, engaging, interesting, polarized, energetic, frustrating, and thoroughly, well, dare I say, classic version of the Six Rings postgame show here. We've had some callers yell at us. We've yelled at some callers. Christian got upset about the team, told us it would only get worse. People are injured. Mac Jones threw a terrible pick. Bill Belichick has no idea. He kept it quick on the podium. Ugh, and just when we thought everything was maybe turning around and the ship may be riding itself, it pops another hole on the iceberg. And now everyone's jumping out into the icy cold waters. Could it get worse? I guess we will soon find out. Andy, we have to keep it short here because we ran long with Christian. We also are going to have Mike Cadlick calling in in just a couple minutes. So only really time for a quick call, a quick thought. We'll trend, pay some bills, a couple more bills. Cadlick calls in. We'll get things back together. How would you like to go down under with this next call, Andy? Oh, I would love to. Good I Mike. Because I know you loved during the Patriots Unfiltered days when you were working for the New England Patriots and Patriots.com that you would have callers from all over the worldwide world yeah of Pats Nation. And right now, we welcome Jake in Australia to the program. Hello, Jake. How
4: There we, we going, guys? Uh, yeah, Top we of the morning been, to you. That, that, that's not how it goes, but yeah, the better, we're, mate. We're, we're having, a, <laughs> having another morning post-Brady, seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't go uh, well. My thoughts are, what's our shopping list? We had a big shopping list to the end of last season, the off-season, you know, OC, which we kind of got cornerback, which we got but is injured, Mm -hmm. receivers we didn't get, Mm -hmm. and just things to actually, you know, help the team on the field instead of just coasting along as uh, Bill seems to like to do now.
2: Yeah, I think there is a big shopping list, but the other thing that's good is you have a big gift card to buy lots of things with $100 million in cap space and probably a top 10 draft pick somewhere in there that's going to come to fruition uh, at the end of this season that could still be troubling as we move on. Yeah, there's a lot of holes to fill. As you said, they still need playmakers. You cannot say DeMario Douglas is your best playmaker. You play a team that has Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waddell. Talk about taking a knife to a gunfight. Um, so that's certainly a primary uh, issue. But I would say the offensive line needs to be upgraded. You could be without Onwenu and Trent Brown. You could take a step backwards there if you're not careful. Um, and then obviously the elephant in the room is the quarterback position.
4: That's, uh, that's always going to be it, and even if we get another quarterback and we don't get any uh, receivers' help, we could be still in the same position yet again. Correct.
2: Yeah, you could get a quarterback, but no tackles and no receivers and ruin that quarterback.
4: So, But, uh, so, I mean, Bill's, Bill's having fun with that at the moment, so why what, what, what ruin his fun?
3: <laughs> <laughs> right, at least somebody's having fun, Jake. Let's Let's at least make sure that the coach is enjoying himself while the rest of us lose our minds. One Mac Jones pick, one defensive struggle, and one heartbreaking loss at a time. They got a lot of shopping to do. As a matter of fact, Jake, if you stay tuned to the rest of the show, Andy and I will try to do our best to set the table as far as who we think the Patriots need to prioritize for re-signing and who are your you're gotta have them, gotta keep them, gotta re-sign them guys. So, uh, have a good uh, actually Beautiful. have a good rest of your day, because uh, or is it is it the wee hours of the morning for you right now?
4: Yeah, so it's not about nine o'clock in the morning. So after the earlier phone call, I was definitely ready for some uh, vitamin C's, to say the least. Out <laughs> boy,
3: out boy. Well, listen, we appreciate the call. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch up with you later, Jake.
4: Beautiful. Thanks, guys.
3: All right. Cheers, mate. There's Jake in Australia, right there. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. His lines open. Otherwise, the rest of them are all filled up. We'll get to those calls in just a minute. We're going to catch you up on all the other NFL scores momentarily. When we come back. We'll get some thoughts from our guy Mike Cadlick, the beat writer for the New England Patriots from WEEI.com. But first, here's Joe Braverman, and he's trending now.
1: Your home of the Sox.
2: Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
5: Good I g'day Good I hot last weekend. I'm not even gonna try that. Last week's good feelings were short-lived for the Patriots. They fall to two and six with a 31-17 loss in Miami to the Dolphins. Mac Jones finished 19 of 29 for 161 yards. He threw another touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, but he also had his eighth interception. Of the season, Kendrick Bourne, speaking of, and Devonte Parker both left the game with injuries. Tua Tagovailoa, meanwhile, had a great day. He moved to six and zero in his career against Bill Belichick. He finished thirty of forty five for three hundred twenty four yards and three touchdowns. Miami also had two of their receivers go for more than hundred yards. Who was that, you ask? Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Who else for Miami? New England will now come back home to Gillette Stadium to host the Washington Commanders next week for Week Nine. Kickoff of that game is at 1 p.m. Some other action in the NFL for week eight. The Panthers got their first win of the year. After a game-winning field goal knocked off the Texans 15-13. The Vikings defeated the Packers, but they lost Kirk Cousins to a torn Achilles. This is according to Adam Schefter. And the Jets knocked off the Giants in overtime 13-10. The Sunday slate of action for week eight will wrap up with the Bears taking on the Chargers. We will have Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football beginning at 7:30 following the Six Rings postgame show. The Bruins and Celtics will be back in action tomorrow. The Bees will host the team that eliminated them from the playoffs a year ago, the Florida Panthers, and the Seas will travel to our nation's capital to face the Washington Wizards. And last night, the Revolution fell to the Philadelphia Union 3-1 in game one of their best-of-three round one playoff series. The Reds will try and stave off elimination a week from Wednesday. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. The one and only Mike Cadlick joins the Six Rings postgame show when we come back.
3: Bittersweet Symphony, it is indeed one of your favorites to play on. Patriots Defeat Sundays, Joe Braverin.
5: 31-17, your final. I've actually turned it into a shortcut.
3: <laughs>
5: just, just control four, boom, this link comes up.
3: We need to play it too often. Two and six. I mean, I'm not sure what else we expected. I tried to talk myself into the Pats winning by three. Andy, you were pretty comfortable and confident in the idea they would lose by 10 or more. 28-17, I was close. Yeah, you were a lot closer than I was. And it was interesting, uh, and we'll talk to Mike Catholic in just a second here from WEI.com, but it was interesting that Christian, I haven't heard anyone really take the Patriots' defense to task so much today, or even recently, because I think there's been a lot of... Obviously, there's been a a high level of offensive criticism uh, for the majority of the season, but uh, I don't think I think people have been more sympathetic towards the defense because the offense hasn't gotten the job done. Because obviously, they lost their two best players, Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon. But is the is today the day that we don't necessarily need to lump them into the "you're not good enough" and not getting it done" category? Uh, were they just as mid today? What do you, what do you, where do you think that comes from? I thought the defense was pretty bad today. I mean, you
2: allowed two receivers to go over a hundred yards each. They combined for I think it's fifteen catches. Um, Did you tweet re- out
3: earlier in the day? By the way, Andy, was it you who I believe said might be time for the Patriots to break out that um, <laughs> Tyreek Hill Kryptonite defense? Break out their ama- amazing Tyreek Hill Kryptonite, whatever yeah. it was.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they didn't uh, choose to use that today, but uh, they actually yeah. played the opposite of that. It was let him run all over the field
5: defense. What the hell 15 this? catches for 239 yards combined and two touchdowns between Waddle and yeah, Tyreek. Um, all right, that's, obviously
3: they have they have a better defense. They were without Xavier Howard. They, so they were without their top corner and their top safety today in Javon Holland yeah. and Xavier Howard. Now, well, I don't know about their top corner anymore. because Well, Zavian, I think Xavier Howard, if they're both healthy, I still think that Xavier Howard may be a whisker better. Any which way. It's maybe they have a 1-1-A right. or two 1-As, whatever it is. Um, the But still, you know, none of your guys went off like that. And if, if there's ever going to be an argument you for... You don't have guys. Surround your guy. Surround your guy with guys. That would have been... There's your argument right there. Look, they've got two dudes. They've really got two absolute studs. Mm-hmm. Not so much the Pats. And now nope. their best receiver on the season thus far, Kendrick Bourne. You're probably not going to see him until at least after the Germany buy, maybe even after Thanksgiving, because he has to get an MRI tomorrow. That's rough stuff. Well, your top receiver is available. His name's Juju. Top receiver. Yeah, Juju's your Schuster. number
2: one receiver. I was told he was your number one receiver. That's what I was told. Who
3: are you? About told you, told that people? By? you people. Who? people? You
2: people. My people. I never told you that reporters beat writers everybody's telling me how good he is he was an upgrade yards after catch run after catch he's a number one receiver all these things and he isn't and he barely saw the field and he didn't see the field till both Bourne and Parker were injured um you'll have to bump Taekwon Thornton up who didn't see the field because he wasn't allowed to see the field because he was inactive uh mm-hmm. Keishon Booty's been inactive you know, this logjam of receivers that the Globe described in training camp and your guy Bill Barnwell wanted to trade Kendrick Bourne because my you know, he the odd man out. I don't know. I feel like you're a Barnwell guy. I'm I just labeled fan. you that. I, 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 I um, like him perfectly well, but I'm not a
3: Barnwell guy.
2: Like this this whole depth of receiver that, that you know, I, I called it a house of cards. I thought it was a house of cards. It is a house of cards. And, and now it's a pile of cards. You're putting way too much pressure, in my opinion, on Demario Douglas to be mm-hmm. something that's kind of unfair i know we say receivers don't have to come in the early rounds but a sixth round rookie undersized receiver to ask him to be your number one receiver Mm -hmm. is a he was supposed to just contribute
3: a little bit this year not be the focal point of the damn offense yeah
2: now he's the guy so it's it's not going to get any easier and it's certainly not going to get any better in terms of matchups right like you go to washington they have terry mclaurin right correct me if i'm wrong and Jahan Dotson. And Jahan Dot. So they have two receivers better than anybody you have. Huh, where have I heard that before? Oh, it's been the story
3: of every week of the season, right? Week one. Yeah, and Sam Howell balled, had another one of his Sam Howell days balling out today in defeat once again. Yeah, but again. Sam Howell is what he is. I think you might actually he's measure up
2: quarterback-wise. He's He's a mid-quarterback. He can be high, he can be low. But my point is, week one, did the other team have two receivers better than you? Yes. Uh, they did. Week two. Did the other mm-hmm. team have two receivers better than you? Yes. Week three? Yes. Mm-hmm. I forgot who we played week four, but I'm sure it's true. Don't check it Week four was. Week four was Dallas. They definitely okay. have two receivers yes. better than week, week five? Yes. Week six? Yes. Every single week, not one, but two receivers better than anything you have. And it's weird that you don't measure up in terms of offense, right? Like, that. there's just a shortcoming there, and it was poor management. You can't say they didn't go get anybody. They've gone and get and gotten receivers. You know, whether it's Nelson Aguilar, didn't work. Whether it's Juju Smith Schuster, didn't work. Devontae Parker, didn't work. Tyquan Thornton, didn't work. They've used tens of millions of dollars per season and they've used a second round pick. If you want to go back to as far as Nikhil Harry, but I'm looking more in the last year or two, they've invested in it, but not fully invested in it. I keep saying this. They're buying the knockoff version. They're buying the generic Q-tip and then saying, why is my ear bleeding? Well, because it's a cardboard stick with no cotton on the end. Why don't you buy the real Q-tip? They're,
3: they keep shopping in the generic section or the Amway section, right. I just learned. The, the, right. We had you stumble. <laughs> now you know what Amway's all about. See, we all learn a little something every day, and especially here on the Six Rings Post Game Show. And let's learn a little bit more about today's game. I saw him very active on the Tweet Machine, a.k.a. the Xbox, if you will, earlier today. And he was being a little critical of his team, which I know can be pretty difficult for the former Worcester State star quarterback. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, the beat reporter extraordinaire for the New England Patriots at WEI.com, our pal Mike Cadlick. Mike, you weren't too happy with you guys today, were you? What's
6: up, fellas? Uh, I- no, I wasn't. They weren't good. Yeah. Uh, no, no size of the ball, no angle, offense, defense, uh, not great. Um, Andy, I just heard you talking about and I want to wanna take responsibility for it, talking up one Juju Smith shoot to this offseason. <laughs> I thought he was an upgrade. thought he was going to be a yak guy. I thought he was going to be pretty good. I thought he was going to be that number one. He wasn't. Uh, it's funny he comes right in the game and scores a touchdown today, but all the while being benched and not playing instead of uh, – or playing behind, excuse me, guys like Jalen Rager and a six-round rookie, so – um yeah no it, it wasn't good the defense uh after having an answer uh in week 2 against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill they had the exact opposite today uh offensively they couldn't get in a rhythm Matt Jones was sped up even though he did look like he had some time today um kind of sort of had those jitters again wide receiver spacing was poor um then two guys go down and then it's just it, it just unravels from there so uh after a good one last week a bad one this week and now we're back to two and six and talking about tanking trade deadline again so uh no no good no good today
2: yeah they didn't have an answer this was like a scantron test that the teacher gave you and somehow you were off by one bubble every bubble you were off and like just <laughs> yep. missed and somehow you failed you get everyone wrong they you didn't, didn't know an any answer. of the
3: answers so you just went down and you're like uh yep. Abba-cadabba. Abba-cadabba, or
6: something yeah you started spelling cab bab no- ab yep. abs. Yeah. yeah nothing
2: worked right. um the one thing
6: I want, or you to ask do the about, thing where you fill out you fill out all the C's because everyone says that C is yeah. the most likely answer every yes. time, and it's just it doesn't
2: work. Yeah, yeah. nope, not going to work. You're not going to get a good grade, and they don't deserve a good grade. And certainly, some of it we've been talking a lot about. You don't measure up athletically, personnel wise. Certainly, you don't have receivers like theirs. <laughs> you don't have coverage like whatever. But I also think there's some schematic or coaching issues here. The touchdown mm. to Jalen Waddle. Why does everybody freak out because Hill runs a motion or the Hill touchdown? I think you're doing a disservice to put um, Marte Mapu on the field in that situation. Like he is a big he's, he's a borderline linebacker. And mm-hmm. why is Jalen Mills not at? like I feel like you have better options. So the, the talent and the guys on the field are going to take the bulk of the heat. I think there's some weird personnel and scheme choices being made as well.
6: I agree, and people talk about you know Belichick sort of becoming outdated and not understanding football like it like it is now and like it's how he kind of plays like it used to be. Um, everyone talks about it on offense, and we can get to that. But I mean, defensively, you're right, Andy. You hit you hit the nail on the head there. I mean. This little, its everyone's calling it the cheat motion, where they kind of give the guy a little running, running way and then run up the sideline like Canadian football. And there, <laughs> don't get me wrong, there were plenty of illegal motions today that we can get to because I know everyone doesn't want to blame the refs, and I don't think it would have made a difference in the game. But they yeah. were off today. They were awful today. We can get to that. But, no, that cheat motion, um, having Mapu in space against guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle doesn't make sense. And I know you're decimated not only at corner, but, you know, there's been some uh, movement at safety as well, and you don't really have that true guy. But you're right. I mean, to see how simple is it to put a guy like Jalen Mills out there, like a guy who played well at safety in the past in his career. Um, so, yeah, they, they they were outplayed. They were out-schemed um, on defense. And then offensively, too, if we want to we talk about schematics, uh, I look at personnel and I look at the receivers who went down today and Parker and uh, Bourne go down. And then you look across the – and Tyquan Thornton's a healthy scratch. And you look across the league – DeAndre Hopkins scores three touchdowns, and George Pickens scores his third of the season. Ty- Tyquan Thornton has two in his entire career. So they're completely behind the eight ball, not only personnel-wise, but schematically as well. And um, th- th- thing- things have to change because, you're right, they-, they got beat by their own game today.
3: Mike Cadlick from WEI.com and the Six Rings podcast joins us via the Harbor One hotline here on the Six Rings postgame show on Weei. Yeah, next week, Against Washington, Mike. Just uh, of the many different thoughts swirling through the head right now as we try to sift through all the, the the the, the wreckage, the madness, and the leftover mm-hmm. trash from today's game. Next week, you could be going against Washington. Uh, uh, not exactly the a daunting secondary necessarily, but you could be going in with a receiving core of. Demario Douglas, Jalen Rager, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Devontae Parker. Uh, and you may, and who knows if they'll call someone up or pick up someone off the scrap heap as well. Uh, you could have Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki, who was a – I mean, was he a DNP today? Did, was he even out there? I asked Andy earlier. Did you even see him? Did you hear his name called during the game as well today? I
6: think Gesicki had one catch on a hitch route, and besides that, he was non existent. The only thing I saw him do, other than the hitch route that he had zero yards after catch on, uh, was celebrate with Kendrick Bourne after his touchdown. So he was non existent. I don't know if that's scheme. I don't know if that's the player not doing what he's supposed to do, but you're right. Gesicki hasn't been out there either. And you talk about a now decimated wide receiver room. Um, and you guys might call me crazy. I mentioned it this morning before today's game. Um, but with this trade deadline coming up, and it, it, everyone talks about it, so it's not really a hot take, um, and it might kind of sound hot takey. But like I really do look like a guy. Look at a guy like Jerry Judy in Denver, and they're playing right now. They're losing to the Chiefs. They're going to be in sell mode, and the Patriots need weapons at wide receiver. And I talked about it all offseason. And we've talked about it with DeAndre Hopkins, and they never really did it right, and. Judy is a guy who would not be a rental because he's not going into a contractor. He's still under team control next season. So I don't think of him as a guy who's going to be a savior for the season. Like, I'm not going to say sit here and say, you go grab Jerry Judy and all of a sudden you go on a run and make the playoffs. But what it does is gives Max the semblance of a number one option at wide receiver. You go into this season, especially with the decimated room now and you try and make something of it. But then next season, whether it's Mack, still your guy, and he now has a guy in Jerry Judy who he had at Alabama and has a little bit of a rapport with, but if you move on from Mac and you bring in a number, one, or a number one quarterback or a new quarterback, you now have a number one wide receiver that you've never had here before that they give all these other young players to try and have an actual weapon on the field that he can kind of grow with. So um, that's the one name I look at and something that I can see them doing at the wide receiver position that would be a real splash. Do I expect it? Absolutely not, because they haven't done anything that tells me they would do something like that. But uh, that's the one that continues to make the most sense to me, not only this past offseason, but even now with the trade deadline when you're sitting here at 2-6. and I don't consider it a buy move, but I consider it a move that helps you now and also in the future.
2: So you bring up the trade deadline. That's one of the hurdles on the horizon that's probably going to weigh on some minds over the next two days um, Mm -hmm. until you get past that, but the bigger weight is there's a lot of freaking football left to be played and they're not playing good football. And you know, you've been in that locker room a lot and you know, there are um, pillars of leadership, but I also think there are some other um, weaker uh, minded competitors on this football team. Do you think this, like the wheels falling off is a, is a possibility when you're at two and six, a lot of football left to be played and, and really no upside to the season?
6: Yeah, I do. Um, but i don't think that's like a i don't think that's a patriots locker room problem i really don't i think that would be sort of any team sitting at 2 and 6 with a head coach who's going into his 70s and a quarterback who doesn't look like he can compete with at a top 5 level that you really need to win a super bowl mixed with um the only real leaders on the team that have had success in the league are matthew slater who's a special teamer and david andrews who's um a center that you know is toward, you know turning towards the end of his career so Um, It's hard to gravitate towards anyone because like I said, the one guy who who is the experienced winner is a special teamer who plays 10% of snaps. So even when it's a Hunter Henry or a Mac Jones, that's trying to galvanize the guys, how easy is it for you to look towards someone like that and think, Oh yeah, this is who we want to back when they haven't had success themselves. So, um, and then Belichick too is the guy who you think can, you know, get these guys going because he has the experience, but I just mentioned it before he's in his 70s and he doesn't really relate to these guys like he used to when he was in his you know even his 50s and 60s and understood the game with winners around him like Brady. So, uh, they are in a tough spot from from a leadership perspective, but I don't think that's like the fault of theirs. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that you know Mac Jones stinks as a leader and Hunter Henry stinks as a leader. I just think that they don't have enough experience to truly try and galvanize guys and it's easy to tune guys out like that. So, um yeah, they're in a tough spot. Like, I don't want to sit here and try and say rebuild again, um, and you know, retool and think of the whole thing as a complete disarray. But I mean, it kind of is. You're two and six, and we're talking about you know, fringe top five picks again. So uh, yep. they they need to. I don't even like. It's hard to sit here every single week and the players say it themselves. Like, you know, we got to sit here and look in the mirror and just try and. Try and win the next one. Like, that gets so old, and it's even I'm getting so old for me here on that. the show yeah, every Sunday. Like, it's, it really is. It's tiring, and it almost sounds fake, and I sit here and t- I say it myself, and it's like, I mean, that's not true. Like, that, like what are you supposed to do at this point? It's, it's hard, and it's, it's tough for a football team.
3: Uh, all right, Mike, we'll get you. I'm so tired of hearing that, too. I just don't, like, when I hear Max say, like, got to do better, we'll look at the film, be better, this, that from Belichick, and, like, I just, I completely tune it out. I just, at that point, I'm right. just, I've heard it so many times. Obviously, they're not able to do it, whether it's a schematics issue, if it's a a motivation or a tune-out issue, if it's a talent talent. issue. It could be a combination therein. The easiest and the simplest answer, and the correct one may be the most boring one. But uh, I hear you about the Jerry Judy thing. They need to find a way to acquire talent. He's not an unrestricted free agent until after the 2024 season. Denver did pick up his fifth-year option, so he's owed $13 million next year still uh a pretty good price tag for somebody who could potentially be a wide receiver and you got
6: it too you've had the money next year so
3: oh for sure and obviously there was the connection with mac and he uh in college if mac is going to be your quarterback next year which we don't know right now he's got two for 50 and a touchdown today as the broncos lead the chiefs 14 to 9 i'll get you out on this one mike uh quick prediction from you who do you think if anyone gets moved on tuesday
6: Uh, It feels like Josh Uche's time here is up. Um, I think the fact that he practiced all week, um, you would think at that point he's at least close to playing, and so you would assume that they would send him on the trip and try and be a game-time decision and work him out. But um, the fact that he didn't even travel on Saturday morning tells me that it's clear they're at least working behind the scenes um, with a guy like that to try and get him dealt. And I look at the reporting from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN who said that he was a name that keeps popping up. Then Henry McKenna from Fox Sports mentioned that they're not close to a deal. So that's the one that makes the most sense to me. If you're not going to re sign him this offseason, if you're not going to extend him, then get something for him while you can. So um, it, it wouldn't, not only would it not shock me at all, but it would kind of shock me if he doesn't end up getting moved by Tuesday. It just feels like all the tea leaves are there for that to happen.
3: Appreciate the time as always, Mike. Of course, you can follow Mike at Mike Catholic. You can hear him here on the Six Rings podcast each and every week with interviews, the Catholics crucial clashes each and every Thursday as well. Of course, he pops in on the Rich Keefe Show and various other spots here on the dial, and you can read his musings, analysis, and more at weei.com. Have a good night, Mike. Sadly, no victory pizza for us, but yep. maybe next week the, t- <laughs> the tune will change. Thanks, fellas. We'll talk to you. Thanks for having me. Talk to me. you later. Mike Cadillac joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. 617 779 7 is your telephone number. When we come back, we'll get to more of your calls. We'll continue to play uh what did we call that game again andy uh we have to have a conversation about that was the name of our little game tonight yes we need to have a chat when your parents (laughs) never
2: good when your parents your wife or your football analysts say we have to have a conversation
3: we'll play we have a conversation we'll get to the rest of your calls andy's thumbs up and thumbs down the cars for kids player of the game and we will make sure to wrap this puppy up by 7 30 and throw it to sunday night football via westwood one it's all coming up here on the six rings post game show on
1: Eei.
5: The Miami Dolphins are six and two for the first time in 22 years, as they continue to be the pace setters atop the AFC East,
3: as they get to two and one in the division. 31-17, your final. Yes, that is correct. Miami Dolphins are 6-2. They were the mirror image of the Patriots' record at 5-2 heading into the game, and the 2-5 Patriots were trying to capitalize on the momentum and positivity that they built after last week's win against the Bills. But after Buffalo's performance, barely squeaking by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 24-18 on Thursday night, I think we have to reframe last Sunday's win as well as reconsider the future of the football team in Foxborough, at least for the 2023 season. Because things ain't looking so rosy and bright now. And it to me, Andy, now kind of feels like it's Miami's division to win. The Jets win today as well, 13-10, to 10, in what easily had to be one of the most boring games to attend in recent NFL history. It was windy, it was cold, it was rainy. The Giants had negative eight passing yards. Brian Dayball continues to prove that he's a wonderful offensive coordinator when he has legitimate players and talent around him. But man, does he stink at the end of the game as far as late-game play calling goes coaching to lose coaching with fear that's never the way to coach that's not how you want to coach to win uh but yeah the patriots are firmly entrenched and rather comfortable in the cellar of the afc east no soup for you back to the phones we go andy before we have some conversations and play thumbs up and thumbs down uh you want to go to rhode island new hampshire or massachusetts rhode island Ah, our old pal matt's in rhode island double dry hop matt checks in how are you matt uh, yes, sir. 15. Just let me get this off my
7: chest. I think you'll enjoy it. The call about sports radio affecting any professional sports franchise in any city at any level. It was The single dumbest thing I've
6: ever heard in my life. At no point did it make any sense. Everyone on the radio is now dumber for listening to this. I award her no points. And i I've, I've, I've have mercy on her soul. Well done.
2: Matt! Yes. My guy! Well done. Nailed man. it. You did. Uh,
7: okay. Stop staring at me, Swan. <laughs> so, um, the second um, – the, the when when Mac went, I went to
6: the podium after last week's win is when I knew that this week was going to turn out like this. I hate to rail on the kid. Like, obviously, there's been a lot of, um, you know, things going on last year and this year.
7: But, you know, the, the mistakes he's making with the interceptions, you know, you can't boil it down to these losses on him. But I just don't think he's that guy – um, you got to get yourself a hipster doofus like with Daniel. So you, you got to tear this whole thing apart. And I hate to say it, but you're, you're looking at like two, possibly three more. If, even if you did everything perfectly, two or three more years of this kind of football to rebuild this whole franchise.
5: Thanks, Ed.
3: I hey, appreciate that's the call, call Matt. Matt. Well, that's a gr- that's a great call. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Honestly, Uh, if you missed that call earlier, you can use the rewind feature on the Odyssey app. It was uh, just under an hour, just a little over an hour ago where I had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a meltdown with a caller who said that uh, sports radio is one of the reasons why teams don't people don't want to come play in Boston and the teams are underperforming of late. Uh, We should just appreciate everything and stop being so darn negative. Me. Yes, me. That's right. Me. Well, that's the the worst part
2: of this. You know me. I'm. Hard skinned, I'm a snarkster, I'm I'm
3: a lot of things. Andy, um, no
5: way. I hadn't even bit. noticed that. Wait, but this it, team yeah.
3: Andy, if you're gonna hit me with so much, so many truth bombs and news drops, hold on. This
2: team has broken Mike Cadlick. This team has broken Nick Fitzie Stevens. This team is breaking the most optimistic, homorific, positive people around it. So screw you, lady. Like the, the, this
5: team is So Andy, does that mean you were already broken? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I
2: was broken at birth. I'm a, uh, I'm a broken man <laughs> in so many ways.
5: Broken but no, it at seriously birth, the has. Heart
2: story. Uh, you know what? I, know, I fully I... expect coming pretty soon. There is going to be a Dan Roach, Steve Burton, Mike Reese, just like powwow on W's BZ where they rip everything because they are next to be broken by this football team. You guys were the positive ones that were broken. Now they're the positive ones that's coming because that's the way it's trending. Don't blame us. Blame the team
3: that is breaking us. Breaking. Yeah, Boston. I mean, we're going to need to have a beer summit about this. I mean, I have a beer summit every night about a, a million different it's topics. Separate but. problem. <laughs> well, it's not bra- Define problem. Uh, yeah, you're right. Go with it. Yeah, that's fine. Just right. It's it's all good. Listen, uh, yeah. uh, I I I just I just like Fourier really opened. I was I'm really glad Christian called in when he did. That was an excellent call. Uh, it was just a little under an hour ago, and if you missed it once again, subscribe to the podcast. It'll be in the Six Rings feed. Of course, you could use the Odyssey app and more, but. He really did open my eyes to the idea that everything on the team was not good today. Mac Jones did not play a good game. The wide receivers after Bourne got hurt, not very good. The tight ends, not very good. The offensive line, not very good. The Mm -hmm. defensive line, not very good. The cornerbacks, definitely not very good. The linebackers, actually injured and pretty much non-existent. The coaching, not very good. The play design at times from Bill O'Brien, like Mike Cadillac criticized them, for being on Twitter uh, with some spacing issues, not very good. Like, it was a mess. Like, this is, and this is week eight. This is, and, and you know you're going up against Miami, and you actually played them better at home week two when we thought you weren't as good a football team because you weren't coming off of your signature win, the best win to date, at least on the season, the best win for Mac Jones as a pro, where we thought you built up some positivity and momentum after beating Buffalo last week. Like, how it all came undone like that. And really, again, it goes a lot of it goes back for me to your tweet, Andy, about like, oh, just put John Jones. John Jones was nowhere near Tyreek Hill today, or so it seemed. Just put John Jones. He always does such a great job erasing Tyreek Hill. I mean, these guys, like uh, Braverman, pointed it out earlier in the post game. Waddle and Hill went off for what three touchdowns total and 240 yards on 15 catches. That is correct. Uh, yep, everybody. Yeah, please turn in your key card or at least no soup for you. No, no full-size candy bars for anybody. That's a lousy effort. And I just, we should be long past the excuse making at this point. Don't you agree, Andy? Well, I think
2: Mac is past the excuse making. That's where I give him credit. I I think he's kind of telling it like it is, right? Don't you feel like he's been pretty, you said even keeled, and I agree with that. And I know he does the got to be better, but. This is what happens when you lose. Like Drew Bledsoe used to get similar criticisms for saying the same things at the podium, mm-hmm. loss after loss, interception after interception. But what else are you supposed to do? You're being honest. You're just sort of being factual, right? Like I can't make that mistake. I got we got to make more plays. We got to be better. We got to execute. We got to do that. Like at some point, it is what it is. You're not that good, and that's the reality of these Patriots. And as you pointed out, this is literally midseason form for the Patriots they are in mm-hmm. mid-season form this is who they are this is what they are it's probably only going to get worse because you're probably going to get more dinged up you lost Christian Gonzalez you lost Judon oh they're your best defensive players you may have lost your best receiver today for a period of time with Kendrick Bourne getting an MRI on a knee that apparently isn't a big brace and that whole thing like it's not going to get better you don't get healthier you don't get deeper you don't get more talented generally as an NFL season goes on so their mid-season form
3: is bad. It's their late-season form that I'm worried about. Yeah, I I mean, we're, uh, the only thing... You're certainly not going to be looking forward to playoffs, but the thing that you would look forward to, hopefully, would be the development of players who could sort of, like, eyes to the surface, take advantage of their opportunity, maybe showcase that they belong on this team and that they'll be part of the solution, not the problem going forward. But guys like Tyquan Thornton, I mean... I don't even want to, like, goof around with not great, Bob, or what would you say you do here, or any of the other pop cultural references that we make. We know pop culture, DeMario Douglas is here to stay, but, like, Tyquan Thornton is such a mess now that in addition to the fact that he's hurt every third game, now he's a healthy scratch? How could your second-round draft pick, who's supposed to be the fastest member of your football team, not help out this week and not be good enough to play halfway through his second season in the NFL? And as Catlett pointed out, George Pickens picked up a, a, a slot later who I wanted them to pick last year, and oh, but all the criticism I took for calling out that pick last year. He ha- catches a touchdown today for Pittsburgh, and, and yet Tyquan Thornton can't even find his way to the field. What the hell is going on, Andy? Well, you you can't play everyone, Bill said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No wonder why I padded the walls in my home studio. Jesus.
2: Uh, Oh, and by the way, I have not seen the highlights, but apparently the officiating in Steelers Jaguars was worse than Patriots Dolphins. Uh, You have players flat out uh, accusing the officials in postgame interviews of of wanting the Jaguars to win that they're on the take. So
3: um, did you see Andy? There's a highlight going around on Twitter right now as well of a fourth down measurement in Ravens Cardinals where yeah, but, the referee spots the ball, and then he's like, nah, I think I'm just going to move it back six I'm inches.
2: Not, I need to see the high angle of that yeah. one because I think uh, that one's misleading because sometimes there's a guy be. on the camera side with his foot down, and you look mm-hmm. over, and, and he's the one spotting it, and you have to respot it. It's like, you know what was very weird? The fumble late in the game. I think it was Mostert where they mm-hmm. said his forward progress was stopped and the whistle had blown. Live, yeah. I thought the whistle had blown. Then they showed a replay, and the whistle had not blown on the replay. And I started to wonder, was there something going on? Were they screwing with the the audio channel and the video channel? Because live, the whistle happened at a different time than it did in the replay. I can't trust anything anymore. I can't trust replay. I can't trust audio. I can't trust spots or officials. The whole damn thing is starting to feel scripted.
5: Andy, what can you trust, really? Nothing.
2: Just myself. That's why I lean on myself and nobody else's eyes, nobody else's grades, nobody else's
3: anything. You can only trust me. Yeah, It all feels rigged, scripted, or jobbed, honestly. like if I liked it, uh, it when it was rigged and we were good. Does Vince McMahon have enough free time on his hands now, now that you know, they merged with uh, who who did uh, WWE merge with? They merged with the uh, Ultimate uh, UFC. Yeah, like, like UFC. Th- and I think Olympics. it was like
5: Endeavor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, does he have enough time that he's now consulting for the NFL? Maybe. Because all of this, like, and again, like I pointed out, this is the era of the brotherly shove or the tush push. So every play should be live until we hear the whistle. The forward progress has stopped, blah, blah, blah on the play. That feels like it's like a bygone now. Like that feels like it's long since passed, but apparently not. Again, the officiating was rather inconsistent, to say the least, today. But that was not the main reason why your New England Patriots lost today's game, thirty-one to seventeen. Perhaps a contributing factor, sure. Definitely, sort of uh, an unfortunate, an unfortunate uh, cause, but not the entire effect. Yes, but again, you know, like you pointed out, Andy, sometimes. The good teams, the buttoned-up teams, the well-prepared, the well-coached teams are the ones who usually get the benefit of the doubt, the ones that have the stars, and the teams that are struggling, bumbling, and complaining with the coach swearing up and down the sidelines are the ones who often do not get the calls. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Just a half an hour left here on the Six Rings postgame show. Don't you go anywhere. Stick around with us until we throw it to Sunday Night Football here on WEI. Third and one. As they play from the 31-yard line. Two a
8: fakes oh over the goodness. middle, wide open.
2: Randall's going to waltz in. 31 yards on the catch and run. As Miami tries to turn out the lights on New England.
3: That was the proverbial nail in the old gridiron coffin today for your Patriots as they had just scored a touchdown to make it 24-17, to 17, and we thought, hey, that's a familiar score, but don't worry, the defense bent and broke, and Jalen Waddell was so wide open, we actually, for a moment, couldn't see anyone from the Dolphins or the Patriots on the field as he scored on his big day. 15 catches, 239 yards, and three touchdowns accounted for by Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill today as the Dolphins, led by Tua Tungavailoa and grease pencil gridiron genius, the wunderkind that is Mike McDaniel, 3117 to stay atop the AFC East over your New England Patriots. So as soon as Cadlick Mike Cadlick from WEI.com hung up with us, uh, Andy, how about this? He just tweeted out tw- uh, right after he hopped off the horn with us, am I crazy to say the 49ers should trade for Mac Jones? And then there's a bunch of other people saying, Mac Jones, you are a Minnesota Viking. Could just put just put a percentage on it for the for the flip of it as we go through the final 16 minutes of our broadcast here in our little farewell super segment uh five percent
2: ten percent to to 49ers i don't think the vikings makes any sense why would the yeah, vikings talk about you mac know jones?
3: going in the tank and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah
2: yeah but you know the 49ers at least had some sort of reported affinity for mac jones in the draft and maybe they should have taken him number three overall instead of trey lance and kyle shanahan and the whole phil sims i mean uh chris sims connection and so uh, there's at least some some little breadcrumbs as Mac Jones mm-hmm. would say to put together a loaf there. I love it. I would absolutely talk about injecting life into the second half of the season in a weird way by getting Have you rid traded of Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah.
3: Oh, I would cha- I would I think it would spin the entire NFL world, let alone Pats fans, WEI, anyone and everywhere would completely be spun around on their head. Um but look at listen, uh, I don't think he should have played today, this whole clearing the protocol after getting his bell absolutely rung on Monday Night Football on that vicious hit in the pile on San Francisco's poorly executed tush push. And pretty much everyone should stop doing that play unless you're the Eagles at this point, because your quarterback probably can't squat six hundred pounds, bro, like Jalen Hurts can. But on do the you day, even do today, legs. Yeah, kids belt legendary without leg day, bro. Uh, Brock Purdy today, 20 of 29, 296 yards, one touchdown, two picks, turnovers, killing him yet again. I know he had no Debo Samuel, but you still have Ayuk, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, who has scored a touchdown in yet another game. Have you seen Joe Burrow's stat line today against the vaunted San Francisco defense, Andy? No, do tell, because I love Joe Burrow. Right, I so, so do I as well. Um, 28 of 32, 283, three touchdowns. A okay. damn near perfect game pitched by Burrow. Not bad. Not bad. Jamar Chase, 10 for a hundo and a tutty. Uh, T. Higgins, 5 for 69. Okay. Joe Mixon, 15 for 89 and a touch. Wow. They, By I, the way, Burroughs' f-
5: passer rating with those stats is yep. 134.8. Damn. Must
3: be nice. He uh, Must be nice. I don't think the Bengals are dead and buried like people thought. Nope. I said they weren't, and I had them picked bigly. Oh, today and well. Brock Purdy just threw another pick. Ah! You can't. Wow. Wow. Ravens are up right now 24-15 over the Cardinals with three minutes left. Broncos look like they are going to pull off the upset a mile high in the snow against a flu-ridden Patrick Mahomes. It's 21-9 with six and a half minutes left, but never count them out. Seahawks got the dub against the Browns in the Pacific Northwest 24-20, and it looks like the Bengals are going to pull off the upset in San Francisco 31-17 with just two Minutes
5: remaining. By the way, that pick just got nullified. Roughing rough the passer. Oh, geez. so Purdy oh. Purdy escapes another turnover. Uh,
3: maybe he'll uh, he escapes the turnover. We'll see if he can light a spark and try to stage a comeback. But it's going to be tough shakes for him. All right, Andy. Before we get to uh, any Ooh. more of your final thoughts and thumbs up and thumbs down, I got one or two more calls. I got to clean up real quick. Uh, Steven Salisbury, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Salisbury, oh, hi, you're German. on. How are you, sir?
8: <laughs> um, first of all, uh, it'd be nice if you guys could get some more calls in, you know, a quicker pace.
3: All right, pick up the pace, Steve. Okay, thank and you, Steve. And then second of the
8: all, okay, yep. all I, right. mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think it's pretty clear to everybody, right, that the entire thing, uh, the, the entire legacy and everything – is, is being ruined Is being destroyed and, and I think you can go back Six or seven years Where Belichick Has deliberately planned this all out Over the uh, Brady And the um, The other QB there Garoppolo That he wanted Yeah, that he wanted to keep Instead You, you can tell Listen, no professional Is going to be making the picks and uh, and playing the people that he is. Now, he was a good general manager as far as being able to pick people up off the scrap heap and, uh, and, uh, and find people here and there that had, had knee injuries, back injuries. But now, this is beyond that. This is, um, this is really sickening what's going on. I had season tickets years ago with my dad for 25 years up until the late 80s. And um, this is worse than uh, back in the days of the late 60s with, like, Mike and 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 whatever, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. in those days. And in those days as well, the referees gave the Patriots Mm -hmm. all the worst calls and picks because they were easy to pick on. So yeah. I, I don't know what's going on quite with Mr. Kraft because we all, you know, loved him and we thought we, he was a, a man of respect. And you have to, I, I'm disabled, so I'm in a lot of pain. Well, but sorry, he, he's got to gotta, he's gotta sit down and have a conference, literally, et cetera, et cetera, because there are people that are going to that stadium mm-hmm. and paying huge money just to park, let alone anything else and come up with some conclusion because guess what this is going to be like the dallas coach there i can't think of his name tom land the one that had the little yes
3: uh, yes Steve. Oh, i'm sorry sir i'm gonna continue. have to let you go i'm gonna have to Thanks let you go sir the call, steve. okay i appreciate the call steve i'm sorry i'm sure you also don't like being hung up on when you're trying to make your point so earlier today i was yelled at for uh, my sharing my opinions on the program that I have been tasked with hosting here in the station, and now I'm getting feedback from the callers. Oh, that I should don't, be in more calls. I'm don't be sensitive now. I'm Don't be
2: sensitive. Steve said he's. I, the same I want he's credit in pain for pain being a professional, though, because when Steve said he's in a lot of pain. Um, I were, thought of a were, three, two,
3: I, one. Were you about to say the same thing? And so are all the listeners. So, so right are now?
2: all of us. But I didn't. I didn't say that. I would. not Neither say did that. I. You
3: saved it for afterwards. And I don't. And I. We don't seem. To, we, we don't wish to make light of Steve's situation. We no. don't understand his plight or his condition. Nope. Nope. And I do appreciate the fact fun. that he is a long tenured, diehard Patriots super fan as well. It's a, yes, it is a mess, Steve. And, and I, I'm going to blame the Patriots again. They broke Steve. I'm telling yeah. you, this is all the Patriots' on-field fault.
2: When you play this poorly, when you put together this poorly of a constructed roster and talent, people don't know how to react. They're used to good things. They're used to good players. They're used to complimentary football. Right. And they, you have broken all of these individuals with the way you play, Patriots. I
3: hope you're happy with yourself. Are you happy now, Balachek? Are you happy now? Or whatever the name of the Dallas coach is. Uh, all right, last call. Phil in New Hampshire, please feel free to go ahead. and uh, yeah, would, do you, would you like to offer some uh-huh. uh, critique of us at this point?
7: <laughs> yeah, you know, you guys really need to uh, dial back how long people get to be on the phone for. I understand people's grandkids don't answer the phone sometimes, but you guys can't be de facto grandchildren, although it was kind of cute. Um, but uh, about, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? I was actually but pretty anyway, sorry. Thank <laughs>
3: you. Thank you, Phil.
7: <laughs> but um, seriously... Um Belichick's coaching style you know, detail-oriented. Um, all of our – all of our, today was bad quarterback play. Like, the, like you can, I can sit here on my couch and see five easy reads that he should have hit. No problem. Any quarterback hits it. And I don't care what these players say. Deep down inside, when you know you're a general is not a general, you're field general, and you know that you really, truly don't have a chance – to, to, to compete at a high level, detail oriented stuff ain't gonna work. But if you want the light at the end of the tunnel, we have a hundred million dollars. We know Mac Jones is is mediocrity at best. He's seeing ghosts. He's Macdonald at this point. So I mean Let's just hope uh, Budget Bob decides that he's going to spend some real money. Let Bill and Bill do all the shopping they want. The two Bills. Let them do their shopping. Let them pick their groceries. Give give the players real money. Understand that there's a millionaire tax in Massachusetts, so you're going to have to overspend a little and get a real team in here and see what happens when Belichick and and O'Brien get to shop for all the groceries and let the man go out with dignity. All
3: right. That's a quality call to end on, Phil. Thank you very much. And yes, Andy, try to be a little less like a sympathetic and understanding grandchild in the future, would you please? I'll do my best. And no, by the, no. did he say he wants um, Belichick and Bill
2: O'Brien to buy all the groceries? Are we all in on that
3: plan? He did indeed. That's just I. I'm not. I'm not. So I would. Sure about I would that. rather somebody else. I'm not even sure how much we trust Matt Groh because it seems like this year's draft class is pretty good. Uh, it has its ups and downs. Last year's draft class is fallen apart didn't even make it out of the stratosphere let alone experience re-entry burn 2021 eh. the uncharacteristically aggressive shopping spree eh. i don't yeah. know it's a mess boy we got and you know what hey here's the thing we're gonna have plenty of time plenty of podcasts and plenty of in-season to discuss and dissect it because i don't think we're going to be talking about path math or any of that stuff in the near future as well all right andy time now for a thumbs up and thumbs down who made the list for showing out and showing up and who made the wrong list for throwing up. So we'll start with
2: Kyle Duggar. I thought he played a hell of a football game. Obviously had the interception early. He had the sack of Tua early. He actually had a tackle right at the sticks early in the red zone. it's like, Oh, he's fighting the good fight. Now they ended up scoring anyway. Um, But I thought Duggar was out there giving it what he's got. As you said, contract year. I don't know if he's extra motivated or not. Whatever the hell. Who cares? You're getting good production. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had, uh, I think he led the team with like eight tackles. So him. My guy Farrow Brown is going to continue to make it because when you throw him the ball twice, he catches it twice. He gets you 33 yards, which may have actually led the team. I'm not even sure it was close. Um, I like Farrow Brown. Okay. I like watching the big guy rumble with the ball, and there's Me not too. enough players on this team I like to watch do their job. So, Kendrick Farrow... Bourne
5: led the way with 36 yards. Oh, he so had he had three, three for more. 36,
3: average Great. of 12, and a touchdown. Faro Brown, two for 33. Faro Brown is now outplaying Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki had two oh. catches for 11 yards in the well, day. I mean, wow.
2: I, again, I told you Mike Kosicki was the most overrated player all summer. I, I never saw what people saw in Mike Kosicki. I, like, it was the worst narrative Woof. ever. Anyway, uh, Br- Bryce Beringer uh, makes it yet again. He averaged 53 yards a boot, had a nice 49-yarder that was downed at the 4 by Schooler. Then he had a 63-yard bomb that went out of bounds inside the 20. Bryce Beringer is good at his job, and you probably need him to be because your offense isn't really good at theirs. Like That's your said, thumbs-up. plenty of practice. Yep. Thumbs down. Mac Jones. Sorry, you can't throw that pick. You know, you didn't make a good throw. You know, you didn't step into it. And that was a uh, key factor in the game. You had it was so ugly that they were joking about Mike McDaniel was like, yeah, Ramsey told me he was going to have a pick six. He lied. He only had a pick field goal. Blah, blah, Like, oh, they're screwing around having fun down there in the Miami locker room. Part of that's on you, Mac Jones. And otherwise, he wasn't really that good either. He averaged like five yards an attempt. He threw the ball 29 times. yards.
1: 29
2: times for just 161 yards. That's not good enough. They're not good enough. Not all on him. His weapons stink. He's losing weapons. That's part of it. Uh, Speaking of stink, and I'm sorry, I won't say trash, but I will say stink for this game. J.C. Jackson was horrific. Horrific. Couldn't cover. Couldn't cover in zone. Couldn't cover Hill. Couldn't cover Waddle. He made me mad when he did a um, ball hits Waddle in the chest and then he does the incomplete like he did something. He did Mm -hmm. nothing. It bounced off Waddle's chest. J.C. Jackson couldn't tackle. He could not do anything right. He was symbolic of the uh, effort that gave up 15 receptions to Waddle and Hill uh two hundred yard receivers and uh by the way Tyree kill went over a thousand
5: yards on the season he's on pace to get over two thousand uh Told you should be first player in NFL history to get a thousand through the first eight games yep. by the way he should yep. be
3: in the NFL. he should be in the MVP conversation.
2: Um that's a conversation we can have a different time and a different day. Put that on the mm-hmm. Fitzy in the mailbag, mail bag and we'll uh put a pin in it and circle back around. Third down on defense. I mean on offense. Patriots couldn't stay on the field one of nine on third down they oh. call it the money down in the NFL as I wrote and you went broke on it. You can't stay on the field against the Dolphins. You're going to try well to keep said. them off the field. You stink on third down, you're going to lose. And, and then their my third last down
3: defense was just as bad as the third down offense.
2: Well, not as bad. No, no, no. no. Almost. Okay. Um ball, and ball. then the last, I, I put one thing all together, just sloppy losing football. They keep doing the dumb things. I told you that little series of plays earlier with the fumble, the hold, the false start. But they just continue to do dumb stuff, dumb penalties. I think they had six or seven penalties still. Um, and then you don't cover Jalen Waddle because Hill went in motion. Like the the ineptitude, the ugly plays, the... Dysfunction, to take the word from last year, that was just for the offense. Feels like dysfunction is now a uh, three-phase part of the Patriots' makeup these days under Bill Belichick, and that continued in Miami, and we said it going in. You probably were going to have to play a pretty close-to-perfect game because you don't have the talent to overcome. They weren't close-to-perfect.
3: They were not indeed, Andy. They were not in any facet, shape, way, or form on the day. The referees were bad. The Patriots, sadly, were a little bit worse, and that ultimately leads to a disappointing 14-point defeat in their House of Horrors where they now run their record to 17-42. and 42. Down in Miami, Bill Belichick now 0-6 against Tua Tunga-Vailoa. That is the only quarterback ever with six wins against Belichick, let alone a quarterback with a perfect record against our coach, the defensive genius of the NFL. Time now to punch out on the Cars for Kids player of the game. Brought to you, of course, by Cars for Kids. That's Cars with a eight seven seven Cars for Kids. Donate your car today or visit them online at Cars for Kids. That's Cars with a K.com. Andy, it is without a doubt, speaking of uh, K, it goes to Kyle Duggar for his defensive effort on the day. Kyle Duggar finishes today with an interception. He has six tackles, two assists, one sack, one interception, and in a hell of a game, whether he's playing for the contract or showcasing for a trade. Who knows? I hope they sign number 23 to a long-term extension because I thought he is a building block and had himself a great game today. That'll do for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Andy, good job by you. Give him a follow at Jumbo Heart. Joe Braverman, excellent top-shelf work. As always, thank you to Mike Catholic and Christian Fourier for calling in. And all the callers, whether you guys entertained, informed, or enraged us, we couldn't do it without you. Coming up, Sunday Night Football. You got the Bears and the Chargers coming up via Westwood One's coverage. We'll be back next Sunday with the Six Rings post-game show following Commanders at Patriots. Don't forget to tune into the Six Rings and Football Things podcast this week and tomorrow, of course, Patriots Monday here on WEI. Thanks everybody.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.